era begins again. Are we ready? You're listening to Hollywood on Motorcycle Madhouse on iTunes and all major podcasting platforms. Radio, the new online radio that makes you happy. Even the other stations are tuned in too. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. And welcome out there over on Spotify, iTunes, and the rest of the stations that we are on. This is Motorcycle Madhouse, and welcome, hooligans. How you guys doing? We are taping a great show today, and it's going to be about why motorcycle clubs fight. That's this segment right now, again. We are on Spotify, so pass the word. We got some big sponsors over on the radio, and I do got to give a shout out over to everybody on YouTube today that is watching this uh, episode on video. It is great numbers came out at the uh, end of last month. We had over 1.1 million minutes watched at harleyliberty.com boy did we blow out the uh, freaking numbers on that one but we always do uh but some people that you know what they actually asked me about harleyliberty.com and most of you know you know those that don't follow us don't know where you got idiots out there that preach one thing or another is all that site is pulling from the reuters and ap news wires yeah it cost me a pretty penny but you guys are worth it so that's what harleyliberty.com is and remember i cannot change anything that's coming out of that that's one of the things or they'll like suing me or something like that but let's get to uh to topic in this segment i had a question from a subscriber or listener, whatever it is, and they asked me why motorcycle clubs fight. Well, I guess it's a pretty interesting question when it comes from newbies and stuff like that, and you kind of got to wonder in today's environment where cops are always profiling clubs. You know, down in Texas, we actually did a story over at the Long Star Rally the cops were out in force, man. They had freaking uh, those armored units down there, I guess. And they were up in the towers with the binoculars and on the radio talking. And, you know, it is getting kind of uh, overdone, if you ask me. I guess down in Texas, it could be an effect of the Waco uh, Twin Peaks uh, deal down there. The reason why cops are acting the way they are. Because, uh, you know what, even during the early periods when I came in, in the early 90s, yeah, it was bad, but it was never this bad. These guys have went over the top when it comes to motorcycle profiling the clubs anyway. Now, if you're not riding around, uh, you know, a part of an RC or an MC, you know, like an independent and stuff, they're not going to bug you much. And I'll tell you that. They're not going to bug you. Uh, you know, I'll be honest with that. But if they see a patch, 
that you're with any type of organization, yeah, they usually ride you a little bit, man. And we're even talking about Christian motorcycle clubs. They ride them as well. You know, the clubs with the, the three-piece patches, and it's like their radar zeroes in on you. They got this radar. I always find these people to be busybodies because they want to fill their coffers. Most people don't understand that the police have to show that they're actually doing something to get money in their bank. So, yeah, the profiling's bad, and I don't understand why clubs right now are not on the down low. Anything that goes on should be on the down low. You shouldn't be making the, the papers or stuff stuff like that because it's just going to come back and backfire on you that's why i've been a big advocate of mcs actually you know get a public relations officer get ahead of the stories get your side of the story out because if you don't all you're letting them do is propagize uh, against you and it's not doing you guys any good what's worse is you have the independents and you got uh, civilians out there saying, well, why are they crying about motorcycle? And this, you know what, I'll get into the main subject. I know I got off a little bit, but this I think goes into a part of it is the repercussions of the fighting between the MCs. But the people out there, independents and <laughs> even uh, other clubs are saying, well, why are you crying and whining about them profiling with all the violence going on? Now, there was a story that just came out where three people uh, on motorcycles got shot. Now, I don't know if it has to do with club-related stuff, but it does kind of seem fishy that three people got shot. At least they were able to get off on the side of the road. I do not know the condition of what's going on right now. We'll be investigating that as more information comes out. But the motorcycle club rivalry. Let's uh, talk about that for a minute. You know, as far as MCs have gone in the past, I'm talking... You know, all the way back to Hollister, man, clubs have always tried to put their pecker on the table. And that is just human nature. Human nature is to try to get to the top, keep your position, and keep it by any means necessary. So I think that would be the short answer right there of why motorcycle clubs fight. That's just like any other organization on the street. You know, well, you know, it's more money and power on the street, but that's why they do it uh they want to be top dog so there used to be a thing in the 60s where the one percenter clubs actually sat down at a table and they formed uh how can i say it a one percenter confederation and they had agreements where here's the territories don't go here don't go there there's no problems i remember the west coast clubs weren't supposed to go east in the mississippi river or into the midwest and the midwest clubs weren't supposed to go into uh the west coast or the east coast you know that's just an overall blanket of what that association meant and then came the 60s and we all know what the 60s were about, you know. I wish I actually grew up in the 60s sometimes, man, because I bet the parties were just something else, man. Can you imagine the parties in the 60s? Man, 
Old timers, man, old timers, those gray beards, they had a, they knew how to do that party. And oh, by the way, we do have Judge coming up on an episode. He is an old timer and we're going to be talking about the way it was compared to the way it is now. So I can't wait for that interview. We've had Judge on the show before. If you want to be a guest on Motorcycle Madhouse, just go ahead and shoot me emails at info at insanethrottlebikernews.com. Put in the subject line, interview request for Motorcycle Madhouse. That way I see it because I get so many damn emails. It's unfreaking real. And I know a lot of people get mad at me, but, you know, when you're getting all these emails, it's hard to keep up. But anyways, as going back to the clubs and why they fight, I blame it on human nature. But there's a smart way of doing stuff. And right now, I don't think the clubs have been smart in the way they're trying to get their points across. You know, motorcycle club profiling is real. I don't care what Leo on a YouTube channel is telling you. They, we all know they cover for themselves. That's just the way it is. They're not going to come out there, be, you know, honest with you. They're always going to tell you everything clubs do is bad and everything that Leo does is good. Even though we know that, you know, there's a lot of bad apples in the Leo as well. But they don't want to talk about that. All they want to talk about is what clubs do they'll go around throwing it out like they're motorcycle gangs and i have in the past said hey man what's and you got to be real when you're doing this kind of stuff because i have said in the past that when you're out there doing gang stuff well what do you think the public's gonna look at you like you're doing gang stuff so what do you expect man and i think it should be up to the leadership yeah you guys don't get along i've always been one of them guys that say maybe you should look at history and the history of luke uh lucky luciano and the five uh, families out of new york now the 20s when prohibition was around it was crazy on them streets oh you know chicago known worldwide for al capone but anyway it was crazy they had these inner uh family fights and killings it was a gangland war then luciano came along with lansky and said we have to form a commission and on that commission all the families are going to sit on it and if we have a problem the commission's going to address it that way we can get back to business and not have all this violence and not have the federal government on us all the time and that actually worked out uh until the 60s the government used to say there was no organized crime there was no such thing as the mafia until that incident up in new york when they all got caught up uh, in that meeting and then it was okay yeah we have this and that and john f kennedy came and started those hearings up and that's really when uh, the syndicate and all that we call them the syndicate or outfit here in uh, chicago came to light to the general public and then when everything anything that went down it was on the news you know the leo were right out there anytime something happened and that gave the federal government the funds they needed to get after people see uh melrose park chicago we call them fbi forever bother italians because a lot of neighborhoods were a lot better when they were in charge but the point being is their coffers get filled 
So I always said, you know, with all the one percenter clubs, if you you don't have to like each other. You're never you know with everything that's gone in the past, they're never gonna get along. One percenters have drawn the line, they're never getting along. That's just the way it is. But the smart way of doing it is coming to the table. Go to the table and hash things out where it's at a national level or an international level, but a lot of people don't understand at the international level. Countries have their own way of doing things. Uh, the United States don't, you know, it depends on the club, yes, don't run everything around the world. They got their own system in different countries because let's uh, just be honest, man. Other countries have a different culture than we're in. A lot of one percenter clubs here, you have to have American bikes, but overseas, you don't. So that's just the difference there. Going back to uh, sit down, I think if you took the model of what the 20s mafia did, and came together and said, okay, if there's any problems, sit down at the table and hash it out. Once you stop the violence, once you stop the, the fighting, you're going to see that you're taking away the propaganda piece from the cops. And you're not selling stories within the media. Because the media is always going to run with a violent story. That is what sells. What don't sell is one percenter clubs going out there and doing the charity work. Even though that is the best thing in the world and that's what represents most one percenter clubs, that ain't going to garner you any attention in the media because it don't sell. So now you got to take away all the propaganda that they're going to use against you and doing so means coming together even though you hate each other and you never thought that that would be an option and say hey enough's enough with us being in a newspaper almost every day see every day i put at least three stories out on harleyliberty.com that's how I got it set up through the RSS feed, through the Newswire services, three. And God forbid, every day, every single day, three stories come out about this club fighting that club, this club fighting that club, and it's just a vicious circle. So somebody has to step up and say, let's cut this circle off, and let's truly, because bikers they have everything in common even the one percenters their love for freaking riding their love for their brothers their love for being free so why not use that common bond and bring something together i think that's what the federal government i think that's what law enforcement fears the most is clubs coming together, stopping the violence, and it puts them on, on Front Street with no money coming into the budget. Fair enough, I think. But another reason why, you know, because I want to get into some of the reasons why clubs fight. One of the biggest reasons that clubs fight is because of women. And it even shows within clubs with the members, they'll fight over women's. 
And one of the sayings used to be bros before hoes, but everything's changed on the motorcycle club scene where a lot of people don't believe in that anymore. But a lot of club stuff has started over women, and I know two big clubs where it uh, started over that. And I just personally believe a woman ain't worth, you know, your brother getting killed over or going to prison. But that's just the way I think. Maybe you should start thinking that way, too. A lot of problems come with that. But I think the biggest reason why you're seeing a lot of violence out there is not over, not only territory stuff, because personally, I think... The bottom rocker stuff with a state on it has really overlived its purpose, don't you think? Now, I know a lot of clubs are going to you know, say, no, that's not right. And I'll have members blowing up my phone saying that ain't right. My studio is going to be full of freaking emails and um, voicemails after this one. I <laughs> Trust me, I know that one. But the state rockers, I think it's outlived its purpose as far as claiming territory or fighting you got major clubs in every freaking state there is so why are you going to put out you know violence over a state rocker and I think that also applies to a lot of clubs now everybody understands my lookout on protocol okay I believe it's there for a reason, but I also believe that maybe it should be updated a little because you old guys know the protocol was started because clubs started to expand. They got into those territories wanting to make sure their patch designs weren't being stolen, their logos, their names, but it came out... <laughs> You know, if you watch or you listen to Sonny in one of his books, he even said if uh, they went by protocol in those days when Oakland first started up, they wouldn't have got approved. So, but anyway, it was supposed to be about keeping other clubs from stealing your stuff. And now it's turned out to be where, well, if you're going to have an MC, you got to get it blessed and all that type of stuff. And you, I actually think you're wondering why? There's all these pop-up clubs because with t with the times, they change. It's not old days anymore, man. 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. You know, even the early 2000s. This is 2019. And you have a different crop of people coming into the scene right now. They, they were raised different. Come on. Half these people... They don't know what it was to be outside, ride a bicycle when you're a kid, hoping for a Harley. They don't know what that means. They are people who feel that they deserve stuff. So now you got all these pop-up clubs, and I think this is what some leads to violence, are starting up, and then they're thinking, well, why should I do this? Next thing you know, one of the one percenter members go and confront them, and next thing you know, there's a fight because, quite honestly, you got a lot of clubs that are staying in their grounds that are considered pop-ups, even though a lot of people argue, well, one percenters did it, so why should we have to do it? A lot of stuff they don't understand about that is one percenters that started up 
they held their ground. Now, when I'm, t you know, I really, I guess I don't even like hearing or, you know, bringing up pop-up clubs because I always believed if you can stand your ground, it's you. You know, early on, and, you know, a lot of people don't like them, is kinfolk, early on, they had some messed up stuff. They went the wrong way until they changed the leadership. But you got to give them credit because they stood their ground. They were them. Another one was one club that started out out on the East Coast, and I don't remember it. The Rock Machine, it is. I think it is. They were out on the East Coast, and you know they were considered a pop-up club, even though they weren't. They uh, were actually the club that fought in the Quebec Wars in the 90s, <laughs> and it, they held their own for a long while against one of the majors up there. They actually got uh, a monopoly up in uh, Canada, but they took it to them, man. And a lot of clubs nowadays, you got to remember, it wasn't just about motorcycles that they're bringing in. A lot of these clubs have guys that did time in street crews, man. I'm talking hardcore gangs. And they're just not going to sit there and let somebody say, well, you can't do this. Hey, some of these guys were started off in the scene, in the gang scene at nine years old. They had shots fired dealing with drive-by shootings. You really think that they're going to let somebody tell them what to do? Those are some of the type of people coming in these one percenter clubs now, and they're also coming into the pop-up clubs. So now you got this mentality of where, well, this is how we got to solve our problems. Where the best place has always been to solve your problems was at the table. But when you mix street gang members into motorcycle clubs, you got a whole different dynamic. So it, you got to remember that. And I think that actually has led to a lot more fighting. A lot more fighting within the club scene. Because you got guys that are not backing down anymore. Again, does that make them motorcycle gangs? No, I don't believe so. I do believe if you do gang stuff, you're going to be your gang. It's just the way it is. But I do believe those certain members give the club a bad name. And again, it's up to the officers to say... Enough is enough, man. We're tired of the cops. We're tired of being beat up in the media. And when one of you guys get out of line, it's time to hit the road. I know when I was in the Pistons, you weren't allowed to do any of that stupid stuff. You'd be kicked to the street, man, because they didn't want all the cops. They didn't want all the media attention. They just wanted to go out there, do their thing, enjoy their brotherhood, enjoy the party, and enjoying the lifestyle. So you would think that after all this stuff going on, the officers would say enough's enough. Come on, out in Cali, you had a chapter go down for selling meth. Now, everybody knows I think meth, you know what, if you go down for meth, do life in prison, man. Because you're not only destroying uh, what your brotherhood's about, but you're destroying lives of the people that are buying it, and you're destroying the lives of that person's family. And I've seen a lot of kids suffer over that. You're nothing but dirtbags if you sell meth. I'll be straight up on that. I don't care if you're trying to make a little money on the side, but when it comes to meth, it comes to heroin, no, you're, you're not worth nothing to me. 
you're just a lone dirtbag, and I put you in the same uh, categories as a rat or something. That's how low you are if you're out there selling meth. But, you know, some incidences of some of the clubs fighting have come down. And let's be honest, you know, nobody wants to say it, especially other creators that are out there. They don't believe in talking bad about clubs, but I believe in being real. I believe that if it's broken, throw it out there, let a debate start going, and see where the chips fall. Maybe that debate helps the subject, but some club members get into selling uh, dope. They get into selling some hardcore stuff. We see it in the news. I don't care if you don't like Leo or not. I'm not fond of him, as you know. Uh, I've spoke about that in the past, but... Let's be honest, they do do that stuff. They get caught. I just talked about it. And what leads to that kind of situation is members that are doing it and other members that are doing it from another club, they get into the territorial beef. Next thing you know, shots are fired and they bring in the entire club into personal beefs. That is one thing I'll never understand. Yeah, you got to defend your brothers, your brother's keeper and all that good stuff. But I just don't get it. I don't understand why you bring in a whole entire organization into a beef. If it's a local type of stuff, let them handle their beat outside without your club stuff. Or bring it up and get a commission going and say, hey, man, this is what went down. How do we freaking, you know, solve this problem? Who's paying the restitution to who? That kind of stuff. But you're only doing yourselves harm being on the news, man. And I can't stress that enough. But with all this fighting, all it's going to do is drag you down. And I actually got to say, every time I look in the morning at what's going on, it's like, does somebody have a brain out there? Does somebody? That's I'm just asking a question. Does somebody have the brain or does somebody have the leadership to say... Enough's enough of this RICO crap. Enough's enough of the government trying to go after a patch of a one percenter club. Enough's enough. We are giving them the ammo. Somebody has to sit up and say it. We're giving the feds the ammo to come after us. I found it abhorrent that some of the media are now putting motorcycle clubs in, the, and I think this is happening down in Texas, they are putting motorcycle clubs in the same category as cartels. Cartels, people. That's what they're listing them alongside of. They're also putting them on MS-13s type of level. We all know that ain't true. But the clubs are giving it to them. When you give them something, they're going to take it 10 miles long, man. That's just the truth of the matter because you got them all giddy that you're doing it. And I'm going to have to tell you, a 
another reason why some uh, clubs fight is because Leo started it, man. They started working it from, you know, especially in social media now. But they started these undercover ops where some of their own officers are starting the beefs between clubs. And they let it explode. They don't stop it. And they don't have no accountability when it comes to it. And that is what I think irritates me the most is when Leo starts something, they'll and you know what? They'll put it out in rumors. Those rumors really get something started because everybody knows when rumors start, it always 10 miles down the damn road happens, okay? It gets all messed up. Somebody adds on to it. And this guy adds on to it, and it's like, you guys bought into it? Instead of going up to the people and say, hey, what's up? Is this true or not? You let Leo start it. And here they are sitting back, smiling the whole time, because their rumor started the fights between the club. Again, it's, you know, counterintelligence stuff that they're running on these people. Why? Because you have different law enforcement authorities putting them on the same side as cartels. And you wonder why all the profiling's going on? You wonder why when you go to rallies, you got people in armored personnel carriers, man. You got the guys standing out there all decked out in fatigues. You got your freaking AR-15s on them. And it's like, really, man? I didn't, last time I checked, man, we weren't the Middle East, man. But now it's like they set up checkpoints. They, you know, they're on the radio like they were at the Lone Star uh, rally. And check into it. You know, I did that piece. You can actually he hear them on the radio, man. It's like, yeah, I know it used to be. You know, it wasn't as bad, though, man. These guys are really freaking bad now. You know, it's like, damn, man, you got military operations going against uh, a lot of people. So, yeah, I believe that clubs bring it on themselves, and that's a point I believe in. I believe that Insane Throttle Motorcycle Madhouse, even though we support motorcycle club rights, we're not going to support violence, and we're sure to heck ain't going to support anybody dealing with meth and stuff, or even that, uh, guns. And that's one thing, and you know, I'm not talking about SOA, okay? It does happen on the street, and clubs getting, you know, some clubs getting involved in it. Dealing guns, we're having enough problems in this country with the Second Amendment, with people, you know, a failed presidential candidate who just dropped out, said and you know you do got other people in that uh field that's saying well you need to turn in your guns to the government or if not you can keep them at a gun club or something but you're gonna have to hand them in or you got these red flag laws where you're not even getting due process so we have a lot of problems happening when it comes to gun control so when clubs get involved in that kind of stuff you're not helping anything not only you're not helping yourself, but you're not helping our Second Amendment. So, come on, man. Really? Come on. You know, I know clubs have to make some money. But you gotta... You can make more money legally, and this is something I've learned from the past, than you can illegally. 
because you're always going to be there paying for lawyers, having jail time, and all that jive. But before I think, finish this segment, is it worth fighting between each other when you have so much in common with each other? That's a question I have. I know it's never going to be answered because, again, human nature is mine is bigger than yours, and it's never going to stop until somebody gets smart. And hopefully somebody gets smart soon because the profiling of clubs is just getting more and more, and the more that the representatives that you're trying to lobby see the violence you're not going to have anywhere to go pretty soon. You're really not. You do got to thank the National Confederation of Clubs and the council for all the work they're doing. Uh, Motorcycle Riders Foundation, Abate. You got to thank them because they're at least trying. But damn, man, give them some help. Stay off the news. Stay out of the media. And stop the violence. I never thought I'd use that term, stop the violence. But as I get older and sit back and look, it's like, yeah, man, you got to stop the violence because you're just bringing a bad name on motorcycle clubs. Let's be serious, honest. You're bringing a bad name to the clubs and to yourself. And you can't go out there and crying and whine when, you know, it's time to pay the piper, man. That's just my thoughts. But anyway, that is my segment. Let me know what you think in the uh, show notes and all that type of stuff. Uh, are we ever going to get some peace within the club scene? Let me know and let's start the debate, shall we? Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? Need your daily dose of biker news? Then what are you waiting for? Visit HarleyLiberty.com and keep up to date with all the happenings in the biker scene. And wait! There's more. Insane Throttle Biker News is now on Instagram. Come on over and give us a follow and get special video content not seen elsewhere on the net. Just type in Insane Throttle Biker News in the search bar. In your face, all over the place. We're online 24-7-24-7. Don't want to fuck with. You got knocked the fuck out, man! In your face, all over the place. We're online 24-7-24-7. You're listening to the hottest internet station. And welcome to this segment. It seems like you guys are having an awesome time in Gallison. I hope you guys are enjoying it because it's snowing up here in northern Illinois. But anyway, we're going to go through the stories of today. One of them, you know, we're going to watch a small video and it's going to explain what's going on down there. But the bigger one is how the Galveston News is reporting on how police officers had their eye on the banditos. So let's go take a look at this story, shall we? Okay, this from KHOU.com. And it's gonna, this video was actually pretty good. In the meantime, thousands of bikers are beach bound this weekend as Galveston Island hosts the annual Lone Star Rally. This year's event is expected to draw a bigger crowd than ever before. And as always, public safety is a primary concern. We have Jason Miles joining us along the strand in downtown Galveston today. Jason, I understand that's one of three main spots for the rally. That's right, guys. 
don't he look just so cute in his jacket should have some leather on or something right but no matter where you are here in the strand down at the harbor or the seawall everywhere you look this is what you see motorcycles and more motorcycles and i can tell you galveston police hope to keep folks safe whether they're on one of these or not and there's some apex glistening Man, water in the right gulf there. and I lots of shiny crap. chrome Everybody and knows I love rally is off to a roaring start in Galveston. The largest four-day rally in North America. Between bikers themselves and others who attend, spokesman Mark Gray says they anticipate some 400,000 visitors this year. Uh, if you've never seen anything like this, it's really incredible. You just have to come and see nice it to believe scarf. it. Seawall Boulevard <laughs> flows one way during the four-day event, which also features dozens of vendors and a number of performance stages. But for many, motorcycles. Oh my God! Are no wonder I don't go to these rallies anymore. different people, different bikes, everything, just kind of like there's about 150 uh, kind of dollar jackets. Galveston police have traffic control points set up all over the island, and officers like these patrol uh -oh. various venues. Pigmobile. Chief Vernon Hale, who has his own bike, says accidents are one of the most common issues. We've got uh, skill levels, everything from expert to novice, and everything in between. Some of these folks ride every single day, Man, pretty good at it. Some of these changed. folks ride twice a year, one of them being Lone Star Rally. An event expected to have a 100-plus million-dollar economic impact on the island, thanks to bikers from all over the world. And back here live, these guys are from uh, the Huntsville area, at least uh, one of them. And these bikes, by the way, if you're wondering, range from, I'm told, twenty, twenty-five, thirty thousand dollars Some of them can cost up to $70,000. man. And Russ, it's like not only the motorcycles attracting folks, up. there's a musical lineup all weekend. Remember, the devil went down to Georgia? Charlie Daniels. Sorry, everybody. I had to cut that guy off, man. He was giving me the willies just looking at him there. You know, in the old days, them biker rally, somebody would have took him behind a building and beat him up or something. Anyway, you notice how that was a pretty decent report talking about how, you know, the rally is, how many people were there. And yes, Charlie Daniels' band was going to be headlining that event. Rock on, Charlie. Anyway, uh, then you go to this, thegallatonnews.com, and their big headline for their story. Now, remember, a lot of videos I talk about how the media makes their money, and it's by this kind of stuff. As bikers rally, police cast wary eye on outlaws. This by John Wayne Ferguson. Galveston, as thousands of motorcyclists row into Galveston for the weekend's massive Lone Star Rally, it appears some bikers are being watched rather closely. Throughout the day Friday, radio traffic on local police channels squawked with descriptions of colors displayed by groups of people riding toward the island and the size of the groups arriving. Yeah, that's basically uh, the checkpoints. If you were in communist China or Russia, yeah, we got checkpoints now here in the United States during the biker rallies. Anyway, the speakers who could not be identified on the scanners regularly described the movements of people they had marked as possible members of what law enforcement considers to be outlaw motorcycle clubs. There's two banditos center lane coming up to the Texas City Y, a voice on the scanner said at 12.39 p.m. 
before noting there was no PC or probable cause to stop them. I'm real surprised. Down in Texas, man, they try to find anything and anything to uh, get these guys on a stop. You know, that's Texas for you, man. That is the new communist state down there, and you would never think it would be coming from Texas. Am I right, people? Am I right? But, you know, since the Twin Peaks shooting... They've been nothing but profiling bikers down there. Uh, they're putting people in the gang uh, list uh, on their little computers and stuff like that. They're pulling over veterans that have uh, legal CCWs. It's just a mess down there with profiling. Uh, there were red and yellow supporters driving by the Buckies in Texas City, a reference to the colors of the Banditos Motorcycle Club. Another rider had an OMC or Outlaw Motorcycle Club sticker on a helmet. I am just so glad the media is out there reporting this, aren't you guys? My gosh, without them, I wouldn't know what to do. The eyes extended past the county line on at least one occasion. Harris County deputies warned the Galveston watchers about a large group coming from the woodlands. It's, you know what? What is this, a CIA operation or something, man? Uh, you know, is it a sting just for, you know, the banditos showing up to uh, this ride? My gosh, man. It's no secret nor surprise that motorcycle clubs are at the rally. Well, no, really. It's mostly motorcycle clubs that started a lot of the rallies, if you actually do your history. But God forbid the media does its history. The Banditos Motorcycle Club, one of the most well-known motorcycle clubs in the world, annually sets up tents alongside other vendors during the four-day festival. The club was founded in San Leon in 66, but now has chapters around the world. While the Banditos, Banditos publicly call themselves a club, state authorities often refer to the group as a criminal gang. Well, somebody's out there looking for a budget increase, shall we say. You know... But Leo always has to make it to where they need money. It's all about money with law enforcement, okay? Without this kind of hype and propaganda, which, by the way, the media is pushing. Hey, we can't be surprised. Media pushing propaganda. No, 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 that can't be. But anyway, without doing that, they can't get their budgets. Anyway, Galveston County Sheriff Henry... Whatever said he didn't know of a specific efforts to track gangs or motorcycle clubs deemed to be outlaws in the county for the rally. A Galveston Police Department spokesman didn't respond to a request for comment Friday. Okay, so he didn't know about specific experts, and I feel sorry if you're, you know, a sheriff. They're not sharing information with you. They were just talking about earlier in the article, and they were on the radio tracking every effort. So you're either lying or you're ignorant to what's going on around you. The Texas Department of Public Safety, which oversees the State Highway Patrol, the Texas Rangers. You know, every time I hear Texas Ranger, man, it's like Lone Wolf McCoy, Chuck Norris, man, that was a good movie. Anyway, and the Texas Violent Gang Task Force said in the statement that it does not typically comment on security members or measures around large events, so I guess you don't fill in the sheriffs either. According to him, that's what he's saying. He knows nothing about it. 
The agency was, quote, aware of possible motorcycle gang activity in and around the Galveston area this weekend, according to the statement. We will continue to work closely with our partners throughout the rally and monitor suspicious activity as it becomes known to us, the agency spokesman said. Now, I'm wondering, what is the suspicious activity you're talking about here? Is it just they're walking around the rally with their colors, they're selling support shirts? What is defined as suspicious activity? See how they're blowing this stuff out of proportion? And the media is doing it for them. Over the last past year, the Public Safety Department has made clear it believes motorcycle gangs pose a threat to public safety in Texas. In 2018, the agency included motorcycle gangs in assessment of the state's gang threats. You know, I always knew that Texas was, you know, hardcore, you know, Bible uh, Belt stuff and hardcore uh, law enforcement friendly, man. But you never thought they'd take it to the point of being communist in their practices. And it's really sad that people are dealing with this kind of stuff down there and they're not getting involved with their politics. But again, you know, I understand some of the clubs bring this stuff on themselves. But on the other hand, the way they are taking this, it's to a whole new level if you ask me. Anyway, the report claims motorcycle clubs were continuing to challenge the banditos for dominance. The report explicitly refers to banditos as a gang, not a club. It points to instances of club leaders being arrested on racketeering and drug distribution charges and other criminal activities. The gang's territory was being challenged by other groups after the 2015 shootout in Waco and after the arrest and conviction of some of the group's national leaders. Hmm, okay. These actions provided other motorcycle clubs, including the Mongos, room to operate. According to the report, a group of disgruntled former banditos called the Kinfolk has also participated in violent conflicts across the state, according to the report. You know what, really? Now you're elevating other clubs that have nothing to do with this story. Nothing to do with it. You know, as far as I was concerned, we're sitting here talking about the Lone Star Rally. Now you're bringing up other club names. It's all about selling papers or in this incident, they got to get digital subscribers because, you know, newspapers are going the way of the toilet. You know, you, gotta, you use that stuff for toilet paper, man. In terms of the threat to public safety, the Banditos and the Kinfolk rank below well-known gangs such as MS-13 and the Aryan Brotherhood. My God. The report also notes the sentiments that law enforcement and the public have towards some groups might be at odds. The banditos conduct illegal activities covertly as possible and generally avoid high-profile activities, the report said. Members are not covert about making their presence known frequently wearing their gang colors insignia and writing in large groups they seek to turn public sentiment in their favor by organizing frequent charity runs you know what that does get tired of hearing that they always throw the charity runs under the bus why don't you guys tell that to the kids that actually benefit from them in the neighborhoods police seem to be equally as careful about revealing how they monitor gang activity during the rally it's simple you guys can get seen a mile away what you're doing
Not long after the Daily News asked some law enforcement officials about their gang monitoring activities, a voice on the scanner cautioned the police watchers to mind what they are saying over the air. Anyone listening for their information, other ears are listening too. Oh my God, they're making it into the military operation. Come on. You know, one thing I cannot stand, like I said, is these people using them charity events that these clubs put on or the parties the clubs put on. And what they're not saying is the clubs are a part of it. Now, like Toys for Tots, everybody and their mother's involved in that uh, type of uh, ride. Getting uh, uh, kids a good Christmas. You got bikers out there fighting for cancer, clubs out there fighting for cancer. And it's just plain ridiculous how they try to turn it against the clubs. They're using it as a PR stunt. And you know what? It's quite literally BS when they do that kind of stuff. See, cops can never be for real. And again, there's good cops. Yeah, let's get all through that. Blah, 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 blah. But you know what? It gets tiring seeing the propaganda that they use to turn it against clubs. Get your PR officers out there, man. That's what I say. Because you know what? The purpose behind media is to sell ads and to sell subscriptions. Use that to your advantage in this. Because whatever they can get a member of a club on their thing, man, they just run with that stuff, man. They just put it out there. Yeah, they'll they'll hold it off where you have to subscribe to get on their channel to read the article. You know, a lot of that happens out of uh, Oz with uh, the biking news where you got to subscribe to get to the story. So use that to your advantage. But when cops are doing that kind of stuff, man, it gets kind of tiring. You know, it's like, like I said, it's a freaking commie, uh, you know, military operation the way they do things at these rallies. And they're wondering why a lot of uh, rally numbers are actually down. You know, I was saying earlier, man, this is how the rallies are starting to turn out. Are you kidding me? I'd be lost over there. And I know a lot of the other old timers would be lost too because you're looking around and it's like, Damn, has everything changed? Yeah, the way you look, you're riding with this kind of, this, 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 and this. It's like, wow, man. See, you know, when people talk about motorcycles, I'll never spend over 10 Gs on a motorcycle. Go to the used bike market. You'll get some damn good bikes. Don't buy new. Uh-uh. You can buy, that's a down payment on a house. Or you to buy a damn nice freaking, uh, car or truck for that no i ain't going to buy on that stuff man anyway that's just my thoughts if you're looking for up-to-date biker news then insane throttle is the place to be daily editorials and news that is dedicated to the biker scene come on over and join the number one internet biker news site at harleyliberty.com hi this is john with exit 27 and you're listening to hollywood on motorcycle madhouse Want to hear more of our music? Head on over to Spotify or iTunes. The number one internet biker radio show is now available on Spotify and all major platforms including iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and more. Don't forget to become a subscriber on any one of these platforms so you can be notified right away when our weekly episode is uploaded so you never miss an episode. Let's go. 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 Well, I just wanted to give some final thoughts on today's episode. I wanted 
remind you though we are looking for some gray beards we're going to be doing a gray beard episode and what that is we want to get some old timers on and talk about the way things used to be in the past compared to what they are today give some education to the youngins out there so if you're interested in on being on an episode of the gray beard on motorcycle madhouse just contact us at info at insanethrottlebikernews.com and in the subject line just put gray beards episodes okay i talked about why motorcycle clubs got into fights since the beginning of the, the you know basically the lifestyle let me know what you guys think you know this is a good debate the points that i brought up as far as the officers they need to get involved and clean up their clubs because it's no joke anymore with the media as everybody knows the media has a huge reach and without getting your side of the story out it's just not going to be a good thing motorcycle profiling especially motorcycle club profiling is more prevalent now in 2019 than it was when i got involved in 1991 and in 1990s it was pretty bad but what we're seeing out there now it's just unreal it's unbearable you know i have to keep on going back because i know a lot of people they bash pop-up clubs they bash go about how they go against protocol but if you actually sit back and take a you know a look at it from outside the bubble of the uh, motorcycle club uh i don't know how can you say it uh sector if you will you have to see what some of these people are actually feeling where why would they want to go look for uh permission when all they're doing is seeing the violence out there may maybe they're scared to go up and talk to somebody you know getting razzed or something like that but you know i suggest and i always will even though i think profiling is pretty bad but i do uh think with the protocol that can you know weed out the bad ones if you will you know protocol was about motorcycle clubs making sure they police their own it was a good thing but when it's overused it can turn a bad thing it can turn people off and i think the internet's helped that with people getting turned off because all they're doing is they see the violence and they don't want to be involved in it or they just want to be independent they just want to be left alone so those are just some of my thoughts you guys uh let me know what you guys are thinking it's a good debate and uh i really appreciate all the support that we're getting over at motorcyclemadhouse.com as well as our new member only site now you got to remember because i do get people that are trying to you know sign up but you got to go through paypal first then i hook you up through the members only uh site also the support merchandise is flying off the shelves really appreciate that we're uh actually i'm working on uh getting this book released brotherhood and betrayal by january 1st 2020 so hopefully uh you guys enjoy that book you uh, line up for it new age and biking and brotherhood went great for us and it's still selling out 
so we're real happy but with that i hope you guys enjoyed the show if you want to be interviewed uh with uh, myself on the air for an edition of motorcycle madhouse again just get a hold of me and i'll get you on there it's always great having all kinds of opinions from everybody man so with that hope you guys enjoyed the show well, that's it for this week's episode of Motorcycle Madhouse. Don't forget to go over to Insane Throttle's new YouTube channel and also get your daily dose of biker news every morning at HarleyLiberty.com. If you haven't done so already, go like the new Motorcycle Madhouse Facebook page. And until next week, I'm James Hollywood Machikari. And remember, keep that throttle crack wide open.